My money don't jiggle jiggle, it folds I like to see you wiggle wiggle, for sure It makes me wanna dribble dribble, you know Riding in my Fiat, you really have to see it Six feet two in a compact, no slack But luckily the seats go back I got a knack to relax in my mind Sipping some red, red wine Nice You're listening to the number one podcast For Olive Branch and Eastern DeSoto County This is O. On deck for today, guys, we have a great, great episode, kind of a Memorial Day special. I know we didn't bring our normal episode yesterday, but today is going to be lots of good stuff for you to make it up for it. Uh, We're going to have hot topics, which are going to discuss a Walmart pricing issue. And also, we're going to talk about the school shooting that happened that kind of rocked the nation. And we're going to give you some details and comparisons from here locally. We've got a short little local news area. We've got a riddle me this, as well as a good motivational message. And then this week, we're going to have some Memorial Day facts that you probably didn't know, or at least some history. We've got a short movie slash TV review of the big one, Top Gun, as well as a little bit of sports to talk about a couple of local high school baseball players. T, man, how's it been, brother? Man, it's been a week. It's been going pretty good. Uh, how's how's your Memorial Day going today? Man, I can't complain. I got to uh, go visit some uh, stores here locally, enjoy some of those sales, got some alone time with the missus, and my kids were with their grandparents. And, uh, and of course, we were shaking that money tree we don't own and just spending hey. right and left. Uh, but, uh, you know, it was all in good fun, had a good time, and can't complain at all. Well, they print money every day, so they keep, keep putting it out there for people. Man, I've, I've been cooking all weekend. I did like eight Boston butts. Two, oh, I saw your post on Facebook, two, by the way. Two pork loins. Man, I'm going to tell you. Hey, hey, I wasn't lying on my post either, brother. It was that good was stuff, F- huh? That was F-I-N-E fine. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I mean, That's it, what was, I'm talking it was nice, brother. Uh, man, it looked it. It looked in front of you. You're a great chef, man. You're a great chef. I, can, I appreciate Can I call you that. a chef? You know? I mean, I know yeah, you got absolutely. your, you, you know, I think it's time people know that, you know, you're about to be dropping your own cooking channel here on YouTube. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty buzzed about it, brother. Yeah. Uh, January 9th at 1230 PM, our time will be our first episode going live. Uh, search Tentoni family kitchen on, uh, on YouTube. Uh, we'll be having episodes coming out at every, every other Thursday, be every two weeks. Uh, but beginning on January 9th at, uh, 1230 PM, I love for you, uh, Take a look. I hope you like it. If you do, click the like button. I'd love for you to to, uh, subscribe. And uh, just like your podcast here, you know, it's only as successful as the people, you know, that listen to it. And uh, that YouTube channel, the the Tintoni Family Kitchen, will be only as successful as, as the people that are watching it. So we're looking forward to it. Man, it's going to be fantastic. I've already seen some of the test footage, and uh, I can't (laughs) wait for people to get their reactions from it. I think it's going to be really, really good. I appreciate it. You know something else that's really good around here, T? That's our number one realtor, Brian Couch of Big Team Brian. Couch. That's right, Big Brian. Guys, if you are in the market to buy or sell a house here in DeSoto County, especially Olive Branch, you need to talk to the number one realtor team in DeSoto County, and that is Team Couch. Guys, they are truly the best when it comes to all phases of real estate. This is a volatile market, and you need the best and the most experienced. Guys, go check them out at their website, which is teamcouch.com, or you can call them today because guess what? If you let them know your address and that you're considering selling a house, 
They can give you a free market analysis. There's no obligation to it whatsoever. They'll let you know what your home is worth and show you their professionalism and how they handle the process. And you can learn so much about who they are, what they offer through this. Here's their number at their office. That is 662-449-1700. Or you can call Brian's cell phone personally. And that is 901-461-7653, which does spell sold. Remember, every home needs a couch. All right, T, let's get to our hot topics. We've got two good ones today. The first one, we're going to talk about Walmarts here locally, and then we'll talk about the school shooting. But getting to that Walmart, there are several people here on social media, and even the news is picking it up, is that they are upset that they are allegedly price gouging, meaning that the price that you see on the shelf is not the price that you're getting charged at the register. Just this week, multiple people have flocked over to Facebook for different groups and have gone to Walmart buying XYZ items and posting how many of them were incorrect when it got to the register. Just a friend of mine the other day went down to the Hernando Walmart, bought 26 items and 13 of them were incorrectly priced at the register, and all 13 were more expensive at the register. Uh, this is causing quite a kind of little uproar. Um, I know the manager was brought in on this to correct it, but uh, how much more of this is going on and how long has it been going on is the question. You hate to think that Walmart would be doing something like that, and we're not saying that they are because it is being alleged, but I got to be honest with you. And this may not be the popular opinion because you know how people in in the public, they just, you know, as soon as they hear something that they can jump on, they want to pounce all over it and talk about and refer to it in a way that, you know, they know everything and they're the boss of everything. But, you know, one thing I think we need to consider, first of all, it's hard to hire people nowadays. And I don't know about you, but even before our almost recession began, it was hard for you to walk in just about any Walmart and be able to get out of there within 15 minutes. And that's just to wait and get in line to get checked out. Now they're still constantly looking for people to hire. If you don't have the staff on board to make sure that the pricing on the shelves reflect what this going to be in the, in the register, I don't know how you address that, to be honest with you, but I got to believe that somewhere down the line, that's, 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 I'm just trying to give Walmart the benefit of the doubt. That's got to be something that may be contributing to that. They just, they, I wouldn't be surprised if they don't have enough staff to keep up with the price changing. So therefore, you know, if a lower price is on the shelf, uh, they're not catching it in time and, and making the, uh, uh, the, the pricing changes necessary on the item so that it'll reflect what it is when it gets to the register. Here's another thing that a lot of people think is a law, but it's not. Uh, you know, p- people work at Walmart and no human is perfect. And to give people once again, the benefit of the doubt, you know, just because something is incorrectly priced on the shelf doesn't mean that they have to sell it for that price. Here's an example of what I'm talking about. Let's say you go to a store and you buy a screwdriver and it's marked at $9.99 and you get to the register and it's eleven ninety nine. Well, the customer, more times than not, and I'm talking from previous retail experience in my life, especially in management as well, where they're going to argue with you, and most of the time we'll get downright rude with you. Well, you got to sell it to me at that price because that's the price that's on there. Well, guess what, buddy? I ain't got to sell you anything at that price. It's a mistake. Now, more times than not, the retailer will go ahead and do that because they don't want the fuss and fight that goes on. But just because something's incorrectly priced – 
doesn't mean that you're entitled to that lower price. Because, see, let's flip it around, okay? Let's say it's marked at $9.99, and it rings up for $7.99. Are you going to say, oh, that, that sign said $9.99. i got to play all that $9.99 instead of $7.99. It works both ways, folks. Now, I hear you there, too, man. Uh, you know, I appreciate you bringing that point up because, um, you know, everybody wants to jump on the bandwagon or jump right on the case of, oh, my God, they're, they're, right. they're robbing you blind, you know, and you're people people's money. If anything, it should just be a growing of awareness. You know, hey, this is a good thing to say. You know what? Things could be happening. This is on you to double check what you spend on stuff. You know, you shouldn't go into the register just blindly. I, I guess what? I'm just as guilty as anybody. I will go right up there and, um, you know, whatever they say it rung up to, I put my card in and move on. I don't even check the receipt until I come back. Unless there's just some kind of glaring thing of, wow, that just feels so expensive, you know. And I, I just, you know, I might do that. But that, other than that, I don't check my receipts. You know, and I'm willing to bet there's a large majority of people who are the exact same way. But it does make me look at it now sure. and say, I am going to check. Well, I think it's important that everyone check your receipts, no matter what time of year or what's going on in our economy. However, at the same time, do, do we really think Walmart wants this headache? Do we really think Walmart wants this publicity right now? As big as they are throughout the United States, as if not the largest retailer, then one of the largest retailers in our country. Uh, can you imagine what kind of hit they could take? Oh yeah, no for doubt. something like that. If it's found, if it's found that it is, it's maliciously being done, that it's in, intentionally being done. I have a hard time believing that right now. I, I, I honestly do. I, I might be in a minority on all this, uh, but just in my past experience and being in that type of industry before, I, I, I would be hugely surprised. If, if there is some intent behind what's going I on. I agree with you totally. When spring arrives, do you wish your yard was as nice as your neighbor's or maybe the best in the neighborhood? There is a company that can grant your wish, and that is Master Lawn. They have been serving the Olive Branch area for over 25 years. They have amazing courteous service and results that are unbeatable. If you go to their website, masterlawninc.com, which is that is spelled masterlawninc.com, you can check out all the services they offer, as well as a user-friendly quote system to get you started. If you prefer to use the phone, you can always contact them at 901-250-0873. T, let's go over to the other hot topic. Now, guys, this I know this is a sensitive, sensitive topic, but I think it's something that has to be discussed because it's in everybody's mind. It has been a tragic few days. Um, you know, we have all heard the details or at least the news, or, you know, as much as you want when it comes to the school shooting that happened in Uvalde, Texas uh, this past week. And it's just absolutely tragic. 19... Nineteen children, two teachers. Um, you know, T and myself both are school administrators, and you know, this is our worst nightmare. Uh, when it, professionally, Absolutely. I couldn't imagine anything worse. Um, you know, it's just when I saw these things, when I saw the news, and when I saw what was going on, it just it just tears you up on the inside. Because every day, I see over a thousand kids, and I just couldn't imagine the idea that someone come in and take lives of you know of children. You know, have their f- whole futures ahead of them. They're innocent, the whole nine yards, and it's right. just it's absolutely tragic. But I always like to look at something and tell myself, like we tell our students all the time, you can learn from any situation, even if it's not one you directly affected you. Uh, you can always look at it. So I look at this as an opportunity to, to talk about 
what happened, the tragedy itself, you know, and also use it as compare and contrast when it comes to the things we do for our schools here, you know. And so I think the motivation here is to let our parents know, you know, what's going on, you know, here locally in comparison to what happened with the tragedy. So um, let's dive into this a little bit. Guys, like I said before, 19 kids lost their lives. Two teachers lost their lives. Even more tragic, the husband of one of the teachers that got killed died of a heart attack yep. shortly after hearing the news, I think the next day or so. And they had they had a family right. with children. Um, the only solace there is is that that GoFundMe account for those children has been ra- has raised over two million dollars for them, uh, wow. so, you know, to help take care of that uh, that family, um, you know. But still, you know, give all the money away. I, I'm sure she'd rather have her parents back, and it, it's just very very tough. Um, but there's a lot of controversy going around this whole scenario and the school shooting. But let's go through the timeline first, and then we're going to talk about some other details. So on the day of the shooting, around 11.20 a.m., the shooter shot his own grandmother. Uh, The grandmother survived the initial shooting and called 911. Uh, And then the shooter fled the scene by taking the grandmother's truck and and driving it towards the school. Uh, The school happened to be about two minutes away. Around 11.28 a.m., the shooter crashes the truck in a ditch that's right by the school and gets out and shoots at two people who are passing by uh, around the school. He does not hit either one of them. He then runs to the back of the building where he finds a door that has been propped open, and he enters the school building. Now, a lot of reports about this time came out initially saying that a school resort officer was on the scene and exchanged gunfire with the gunman. However, Later reports have confirmed there was no school resource officer on campus when any of this happened. Once the student was inside there, he meandered through the building for several minutes before entering a classroom. At 1140, he barricades the door to the classroom and begins shooting. They do not know who who or what he's shooting, but people can let their imagination go where they're going. 19 officers were in the school, and the person in charge changed the status from active shooter to a barricaded intruder, deeming the students inside the classroom were less were in less danger or already dead, and breaching was the wrong call. This ended up costing many, many lives. Locals and parents surrounded the entrance of the school, begging officers for action. Even a small group started chanting, please go in, please go in. And some parents tried to go in on their own, and one was even cuffed and detained. The room that the shooter barricaded in had a door in the middle of it, making it two split rooms. In the smaller of the two rooms, an officer stood by an exterior door and asked, does anyone need help? This caused one of the students to speak up and say, help. This alerted the shooter in which he entered and started shooting again. Officers waited over 40 minutes before fully engaging the shooter to get in the room. The stated reason was waiting for a tactical response and equipment. Since the officers in the hallway have stated they were actually concerned about being shot, and that's the reason they did not go in sooner. Around 12.50, officers finally decide to move in, and gunfire is exchanged. Shortly after, you can hear on radio chatter about at 12.58, they confirm the shooter is deceased and the siege is over. 
A Facebook post was posted by the local police department at 106 confirming the shooter was shot and pronounced dead via the border patrol that was assisting on the matter. A few students survived by hiding. Even one girl took the blood of her best friend who was hiding with her who had been shot and covered herself in it and played dead to live through the siege. Now, several locals have gone to social media and the news has gone bananas when it comes to how the police handled their response. And there is a lot of unconfirmed information, but slowly, every day, new information is being released and it's not helping the situation. Here are several of the unconfirmed reports but that are now slowly becoming confirmed. The shooter actually visited the school and spoke to an SRO about his job, his requirements, and when shift changes happen. The shooter had firearms and ammo that were worth over thousands of dollars. It was a very specialized rifle and optics. And he got these after passing a legal background check. He also carried over a thousand rounds of ammo and had five, five magazines of large capacity. The delay in response was also contributing to no one having a key for the classroom door. A janitor on site gave law enforcement a key shortly around an hour after it all started, and that is how they entered the room. The shooter's Facebook account was deactivated prior, and it has unconfirmed reports that he made comments on Facebook about how he planned on shooting up a school prior to the actual shooting event. Now there are several reports that the shooter had a history of violent behavior, showed off firearms socially and on social media, made threats, and that there were numerous signs that he planned to make action on using these firearms. See, what do you think about hearing all that? All right, so the the last several things that you spoke about, those are all unconfirmed, but reports that are out. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay, but the timeline that you opened up with on this, that is all confirmed? That is all confirmed. Okay, so the first thing I want to know, and now I have my school administrator hat on, and I'm sitting here furious. I want to know who the hell trained these people. That's the first thing I want to know. The second thing I know is, is that... And this is going to sound judgmental, but I also know I've been doing this a long time as well. I guarantee you that the teacher that propped the door open did it more out of convenience than anything else. And nobody ever thinks something like this is going to happen to you. No. That's the problem in, in the first place. The, the moment you let your guard down is the time when something's going to happen. It's just like teachers standing in a hallway between classes or never leaving your classroom uh, uh, uh with students all by themselves. I can't tell you how many times as an administrator over the last eight years, I've had situations where students get into fights in the classroom. And what they do is, is they know their teacher has a habit of leaving this, leaving the classroom for 30 to 60 seconds every day that they're in there all by themselves. They just wait until the teacher goes and then they wind up going at it. Yeah. It's you, you said it best. I mean, the first thing that popped up is the, you know, door prop that happens every day. Yeah, I'm sorry. Anybody and it never who says should. It never, it never should. should. It never should. And I can imagine that teacher probably is has feelings that I can't imagine right now. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. But that doesn't change what happened. No, it doesn't. And it doesn't so, change what happened. You're, you being careless. You can't change being careless. Nope. The next thing that really bothers me is is that an officer is asking through a door, "Do you need help?" Okay. Now here's Stupid. another. Here's another thing. They waited over 40 minutes 
Now, here's another thing that popped up, and this happened just today, and so it was not a part of my original notes. They received over 60 911 calls from students that were in the classroom during the time they were standing in the hallway waiting to siege the room. And someone still, not, you know, made themselves aware by saying, do you need help? And a student yelled back, we need help, alerting the shooter to come in there and start shooting again. To me, that is a, that, that's a huge red flag. It's a yeah. huge red flag because students know, you know, where I come from, I, I'm the safety person at my school. I'm the one who teaches safety drills. I'm responsible for how we conduct our drills, how we practice them, how we take them serious. Same here. Like you never, ever alert yourself. The whole point of an intruder, uh, you know, a shooting activity, whatever it is, is the rule of thumb. The rule of thumb is out of sight, out of mind, period. You are never to be seen, never to be found. That is your objective. However you can get out of sight and out of mind, that is your best chance of survival in any of these kind of situations. Right. And I, I don't know about you, but we never, whenever we do our drills in all the schools that I've been an administrator at, the number one problem I have to address during the drill, during our lockdown drills, is getting the kids to shut their mouths in the classroom. Oh, yeah. We are- and, and, you know, and you know, uh, teachers have enough on themselves. I'll never, I never forget. I never, I, it's not I'll, I'll never. I never forget what it's like to be a teacher in a classroom being an administrator. However, unfortunately... Part of your responsibility and your number one priority in your classroom, and this goes for any adult in a building in a school, is the safety of the children first. And if you got to go around even during drills reminding kids that they've got to be quiet, then the issue is, is with the adults in the building. It, it goes back to the fact that a door was propped up by an adult that works in the building. They don't take their safety seriously. Now, that may sound like a hard statement, but, buddy, that's a fact. That's all there is to it. And if you go from school to school to state to state to district to district, everywhere you'll see plastered all over school or district websites, they talk about how the first priority is safety. But you know what? Until the adults in the building are held accountable for making sure that safety is the number one priority in the building, we're going to continue to see things like, like this happen. I don't know if it's going to increase in numbers, but you're still going to see issues like this occur. I agree to you. Uh, and and it's, a, it's a sad reality. Um, I will tell you this here in DeSoto County, Mr. Esselton, our superintendent, takes safety extremely firm. Um, we uh, here at Center Hill High School, where I'm an administrator, you know, we preach to our teachers. We have faculty meetings prior to uh, safety drills. And we talk about the importance of treating it like it's real. If your students are not acting like it's the real deal when we practice it, then you need to send them to the office. If, you're, if we go by your classroom and you're not treating it real, then you're reflecting that to your students and your students are not going to treat it like it's real. You know, when we do a drill that requires somebody to get on the floor for safety, the teacher gets on the floor to model the behavior. Is it, inconven- right. is it inconvenient? Absolutely. But you are modeling the behavior, you are showing the importance, and the students will respond to that. And I can say that we have actually had 
you know, an active shooter drill that, you know, uh, we took very serious. We had to punish kids that took it, you know, weren't serious. There, believe it or not, there was a shooting a couple years back where a person got into a road raid issue right down the street from our school. Somebody pulled out a gun, shot at the other person. We're talking walking distance from the school. Again, this was two or three years ago. They locked our school down. You could hear a pin drop in there. You know, they did a fantastic job when it was all said and done. We praised the students. We praised the teachers. Because we were able to practice what you're preaching, and if you can get that established in your school, which we have, and like I said, most all DeSoto County schools, as far as I know, because I know several administrators that handle safety, that is something we have established, and that's what makes us doing what I consider doing a good job. Now, what do we do here in DeSoto County is what probably a lot of parents want to know. Well, like I told you before, we conduct over 10 safety drills every single year. We do everything from tornado, earthquake, fire. We do bomb threat. We evacuate for different reasons. We do active shooter. We do lockdowns with things of that nature. We also work with our local law enforcement. Uh, we Every school here in DeSoto County has a police officer in it. Our officer, our SRO, is actually an all-branch police officer who works right here in our school building. He is there before school starts, and he leaves after school starts. There is no shift change. There is no him leaving campus and being uncovered. If for some reason he does have to leave campus, we have another officer who comes and helps relieve, and they coordinate that where we're never left out in the lurch. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. I have a strong kudos to Olive Branch Police Department. We used to have the Sheriff's Department, which did a fantastic job as well. Um, but that's at every school. You know, administrators go to trainings every year. Even this district paid for me to go out to multiple conferences uh, that would talk about safety. And they even sent me to a specialized one in Orlando just this past year to learn more about school shootings and intruders, how we can improve on our own schools. I got to hear from fantastic speakers talking from other states that had dealt with these exact situations. There was a shooting in Kentucky. Um, I got to meet the superintendent that was doing that handled that situation in the hall because his high school daughter was in the building when the shooting comes. And if somebody hadn't pulled her backpack down, she would have been killed. And I also got to speak to the administrator and assistant principal who was in New Mexico when there was a school shooter there. It is very similar to this one at Uvalde, where it was a, you know, a person of that same age, 18, 19 year olds, got into the building through a door that was unsecure, went into the only classroom that wasn't locked because it was a substitute teacher and, you know, started killing. You know, very similar situations. The fact of the matter is schools is a schools in general or a school building is a large building with several exterior doors. In DeSoto County, especially Center Hill High School, and I know the Center Hill schools in general, we have an exterior door lock policy. We do, they must stay locked at all times. You cannot prop them open. Anyone seen propping them are disciplined accordingly, including adults. Um, there's only one door that is unlocked, and it is unlocked from certain times. And when we open the door building, as well as when we close, that you have to go through the main office. Which the only doors to get there are through, you have to go through two separate doors to even get to the main office where the reception area is to help with that security. Every classroom is locked. Every teacher is, carries their key and they keep the door to their, their classroom locked. So if you close it, it's locked immediately. We also in DeSoto County School have emergency door pins. If for some reason we need better security that are so on, you slide the door pin in and it can prevent someone from kicking in a door and cause damages that are so on and making you secure. 
We have things that cover windows. We have uh, all classrooms have a window, so you have an exterior way of getting out. There's a lot of things they've done in place. The design of the buildings it was has a great, great amount of forethought for potential issues and stuff. And every teacher is also trained uh, when it comes to these drills. We have, uh, you know, different types of deals when we deal with, um, you know, CPI training, which is how you handle and address students in a physical situation, how to protect yourself, how to help students. So there's a lot of stuff going on here in DeSoto County, and it, it does a lot to help our kids. And it should give you some reassurance to parents. Well, unfortunately, I've had the experience where I've worked in places where uh, – where it's been suggested that door locking pins, those pins that you put in the floor, you know, with a steel rod, so yep. that when somebody tries to bust in, they're not going to be able to get in. Well, we're not going to do that. Uh, that seems to be a bit extreme. It's not going to look nice. It, it's going to mess with the aesthetics. It's cheap to do, but it's effective. I've also worked in a school where they've, repl- re- where they've replaced all the windows in the building but didn't hang blinds for nearly uh, most uh, for almost a full school year because they liked the way it looked from the street. Wow. Never mind. Our teachers were complaining that they're having a hard time uh, using the technology in the room because of the glare that, that it has and how much hotter it is in the classrooms because there's, there's no blinds up there as well. Uh, You know, I've also sat in, in a, in a joint district meeting with a neighboring district at one point uh, where we, all we did was talk about school safety. And I'm going to say close to about 45 or 50 minutes into that meeting, uh, the only thing that I kept hearing uh, and what was being discussed is how, how, what are, what is our reaction going to be should this happen? And I got tired of hearing about what we're going to do when it happens. So as soon as there was a pause in the meeting, Zach, you know me well enough, I asked this question. I told everybody, I said, we're talking about what we're going to do when this happens. What I want to do, what I want to talk about is what are we going to do to keep it from happening? And you know what the response was? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. I had police chiefs, I had sheriffs, I had administrators from eight different schools literally look at one another and could not come up with, a, with an answer as to what can we do to prevent this from happening. I've I got a lot of suggestions about doing that. I'm all for administrators and, 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 and certain personnel in the building as long as they go through the, the proper course and are qualified uh, by the state that they work in uh, to have a concealed carry license. Let them, let, them carry it. Let, them, let them carry some firearms on campus. What about people you know, volunteering in the community that do care enough about school safety? And as long as they, they pass uh, whatever rigorous uh, background test or whatever goes along, and they're licensed and show that they're, they're capable of, of knowing how to properly uh, use a firearm. I don't care if they want to sit out in the parking lot all day long and watch who comes in and out of the building. You don't come to a, a fight uh, with, an, with, with a guy with, with no arms. <laughs> I mean, you, you just, you're going to get your tail whipped yeah. is what it boils uh, down to. 
Is your home or business in need of some restoration work? Maybe a water pipe burst or you have some storm damage? There is an expert company right here in DeSoto County that can handle all your needs. Brian Rowe and his team of DeSoto Cleaning does expert restoration work. They will make sure the job is perfect to your satisfaction. Look them up on Facebook at DeSoto Cleaning LLC and that is the capital LLC. They also provide other cleaning service such as steam cleaning carpets, tile, and grout. Or if you'd like to call them on the phone today, you can call them at 662-710-2698 or you can email Brian personally at R-O-W-E underscore 41 at hotmail.com. You know, T, you talk about preventative measures and the reality of it is, is that there are things that we are doing and people can be doing. And, um, you know, like here in Soto County Schools, we do anonymous um, online information where a person can get on there and send a notification. You doesn't have to have your name, you don't have anything like that, where somebody can let you know if something's going on uh, or if they suspect something, if there's even a bullying report, whatever, uh, they can get that information out without even, you know, we, we stay anonymous. There's also a situation where we have fantastic counselors here um, that we have kind of created a system where if you need to speak to one or you're concerned about something, they've opened their window when it comes to email, school status messaging, um, sometimes even text message, uh, you know, through school status and other, other forms to make it where if a student is uncomfortable, has information we try to create a safe uh, and easy to use path to talk because the reality of it is is that the students around you are the best source of information when it comes to if there's a potential threat or something going on Uh, I don't know how many stories I've heard where a student has brought a weapon to school or done something that so on and the fellow classmates heard about it and were able to alert an adult and that adult was able to get this handled before anything uh, terrible or a tragedy happened. And that is one of the best modes when it comes to preventative is, is that if you create a culture at your school where the students feel comfortable talking to adults and want to help when they feel or see something they know is out of place, doesn't belong, should be changed, something of that nature, it, it makes it great. And so I'm very, very Uh, I feel very lucky that we're in a district where we have these tools, um, that culture has been established, um, and that it is passed along from teacher to teacher. Uh, I get told stuff by students almost every day. You know, hey, Johnny's having a problem with Susie, or uh, Billy and Johnny are going to get into a fight today because of something happened on social media, or... Hey, somebody, I think, lost a family member and they don't feel right and something's not right. And so we'll get a counselor to go talk to them and help them out and call parents and see what we can do, you know. Um, and there's been times, I have to say it in my experience, that, you know, hey, uh, some, somebody brought a paring knife with their pear or their apple at lunch and a student brought come to, hey, such and such has got a knife in his bag and it's like that. And, you know, you got to go handle those kind of things. And you work it out and you work through these things. And, you know, and that's what we've been very fortunate, you know, that we haven't had anything like what we're dealing with and, and what we're talking about. But um, there's a lot of stuff that's in play and I'm pretty happy about it, you know. And I know you talked about guns and I think guns are, you know, a, a hot topic button, as they say. And yeah, the idea of having somebody in the park a lot and, and patrolling or helping you know there's there's things that can be done and i think there's people out here who want to help and want to see things and would rather be preventative and you know and sit there and do nothing with the likelihood of nothing ever happening it would be fine uh but that peace of mind would be uh fantastic like i said there's so many things that come from this i mean as like any tragedy people use this as a a cattle prod for their agenda you know we're going there's a huge debate talking about guns security this that or so on 
you know, and I'm happy you brought it up, T, because there's, um, I found this fantastic audio, and this is from a speaker that just happened to speak a couple days ago, um, and this was at a college setting, and he was giving statistics when it comes to gun violence, and I think it speaks to the heart of what you're just talking about, because here, by the way, I will tell you, there is a school district in New Mexico who has instituted the policy of teachers, administrators, principals, and everything who are, are allowed to carry. Good for them. Uh, they even did, I think there was a CBS special on it. So if anybody wants to go out there and look and talk about it, there's a New Mexico school district that has people who are carrying firearms in the classroom, and they're kind of using it as a pilot. They're probably inv- they're probably inviting people to come on. <laughs> yeah. I dare you to show up <laughs> yes, here with a yes. gun. But anyway, look, let's get to this audio. I think it's going to give you some great statistics when it comes to gun violence, things you probably would have never known when it comes to this. And so it kind of debunks anything that you might consider being misinformation out there. So, hey, let's go to this audio now. So you have to look at the entire ecosystem of crime, not just mass shootings, because mass shootings actually account for a small percentage of all gun-related deaths in America. They get the most amount of media attention. They get the most amount of sadness and thinking. But they actually contribute to a small sliver of the percentage of all gun-related crime. Do you know what the biggest part of gun-related crime in America? Anyone? Suicides. Do you know 66% of that 33,000 figure about gun crime is suicides? You know we're the only country in the world to count death by suicide as a gun death. So all of a sudden you remove that, we have 11,000 gun deaths every single year. It's a lot less than 33,000. So the gun advocates say, oh, confiscate the guns because of 33,000 gun deaths every single year. Well, technically that's true because of how we, you know, we calculate the data. It's very, very deceiving. I would argue that's more of a mental health issue and a systemic cultural issue than it is an actual vehicle of the gun. So out of 11,000, about 300 to 500 of those 11,000 are accidental discharges, are people that are at shooting ranges, they're in their basement, and they die because of a firearm that they were mishandling or that they weren't handling properly. Three to 500 a year. So that goes down to 10,500. Then about another 500 out of that is actual warranted means of self-defense. So it still counts as a gun death, but it's not murder. If, if, if someone walks into your house with a, with a battle axe to kill you, and you kill that person with a pistol, that's a gun death. It's not a murder. Big difference. That's a rightful means of self-defense. So you get to there, it's about 10,000. 90%, I'll repeat that, 90% of that remaining 10,000, 90% is with handguns in urban areas and gang-related violence. 90%. Now, what, what, drives gun, what drives gang violence? Is it the weapon itself? Of course not. It just isn't. It just isn't. In Chicago, look at it. It's, it's, it's 20 square blocks where you have the most failing public schools, where you have the most broken families, the police are really not, you know, they're not welcome culturally in a lot of those areas. And I always find it interesting that in the gun control debate, when the statistics are that heavily slanted in that direction, immediately when something bad happens, the first thing that is said is somehow I have to give up my weapon because I did nothing wrong. Because I do it responsibly, I manage it properly, I store it correctly, I obey the laws, and it's my fault, I have to give up a weapon because some lunatic did something that had nothing to do with what I did, I completely and totally reject that. Man, that guy makes a lot of sense. I, I bet most of what he's talked about, I've never even heard of before. And you're not going to hear that. Well, no, that's not facts you're going to see from any mainstream news media right now, you know, because that doesn't help what's going on. People are in outrage and people right. want to find reasons to say they help cure the problem. Um, and, you know, how they go about it is different for everybody. Uh, it's just it's very sad that um, you know there's people who want to take away guns and things of that nature because they're just misinformed. But I think uh, this speaker here 
uh, did a great job of explaining that, you know, how shocking is it to hear that suicide is such a high number uh, when it comes to, you know, gun violence, that's actually the only place recorded is here in the U.S. That's just, to me, that's a crazy number. I've never known that before. And that's a mental health issue. So why aren't we, why aren't we spending money to address mental health issues? This kid that went into the school, he's got to have a mental problem. Yeah, I'll go ahead and say it. I never met the kid. But anybody who's going to get a gun, go into a school and start blasting away uh, little kindergarten kids, Dude, you are mental. You've got some oh, mental issues. Period. period. There's no That's doubt. all there is to there's it. There's no doubt. Now, T, I also found a few other facts that I just had to throw in on top of this from the speaker that I had no idea um, were pertinent to this. But, I mean, hey, it's crazy. But listen to this. Five times more murders use a knife than an actual rifle in the United States. I mean, I just who would have thought? You know what I mean? This kid was carrying rifles. I think more people own knives than they do right. guns. Okay. In 1993 to 2003, gun ownership in the United States increased by 53%. However, gun violence decreased by 50% in the same time frame. Well, it just went up a little bit last week because I just bought my third pistol. <laughs> there you go. And I am load and I am loaded with ammo. I dare anybody to come to my house. <laughs> all right. Since nineteen fifty, this is a shocker. Nineteen fifty, almost all mass shootings have happened in a gun free zone. Goes back to my point before. Are you gonna show up to start shooting uh shooting at people when you know that there are multiple guns? In that area waiting on you to arrive? Yeah. Hell no, you ain't going to do nope. that. Nope, 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 nope. All right, here's another good one for you. Here's a comparison to another country, T. Switzerland, who has a population of roughly about 8 million people, has over 2 million gun owners. And their government has very limited gun laws. Their murder rate by firearm is less than 1%. So, see, that makes you start thinking, okay, I have a gun, and I want to go around messing with folks with my gun, but am I really as good as using that gun as I think I am? Nobody wants to take that chance. Nobody. Nobody does, because all it takes is one pop, bow, you done, bro. I mean, that's all there is to it. Yep. That's all there is to it. It's the truth, man. It's the absolute truth. You are less likely to go into a place if you know there could be guns there waiting on you, period. Yeah, yeah, and and going back to the gun-free zone, you know, I I never heard of anybody going to rob a bank that didn't have money. (laughs) So, you know what I mean? Yes, sir. So, yeah, so if if I know that there are no guns in a building where there's more than three people in it, two people, one person in there, and and if I'm nuts and I'm mad at that person... Hey, if I know there's no way, there's nothing there for those for them to be able to protect themselves. Why not? Yeah, true that, man. True that. I'm always I, I'm always a, a, a person that's going to preach that you know you can increase security, you can increase awareness, you can increase training, and to help prevent these things. Um, most of the time, if they do happen, it just means that we failed at the stuff to prevent it in the in, in the beginning. Uh, and I also do believe that evil is evil. And evil finds a way, you know, you can take guns away and they'll find another way. Like you said, we have knives or you can use bombs, you can do whatever. So evil is going to do what evil does. All you can do is increase your preparedness for it. No law or legislation is going to stop evil. We already have laws in place. That's what criminals do. They break the law. 
you can add uh, even if you banned guns forever in this country guess what a crook is still going to get their hands on a gun yeah oh well it'll make it harder for them no they're going to find a way because that's all they do all they do is evil to begin with yeah so you know whatever you want to do go ahead but it ain't it's not going to change anything Either way it goes, guys, we definitely want to say that we are um, we have thoughts and prayers for anyone affected by this situation. Yeah, God bless those poor people. Yeah, man. it's just absolutely it's tragic. It's absolutely horrific. And, uh, you know, I pray for everyone in, who is involved or infected by this. Uh, it was just uh, it's just an absolute tragedy. The loss of life of any is uh, it's tragic. And, you know, this one is yeah. just uh, it stings a little bit more, especially when it's school related as a school administrator. So, again, uh, prayers for all those folks. All right, T, let's get over to our news. Golly, it's kind of tough to continue talking after hearing all, talking all that, you know. But uh, Well, some of this should, should be a little more, a, a little bit lighter. Yeah, this is more uplifting. Definitely much uplifting. You know, much like our amazing sponsors, Michael Hatcher and Associates, guys, if you're looking for a new career here in Olive Branch, there is no better place than the Michael Hatcher and Associates, guys. They are looking for account managers, estimators, project managers, foremans. They have an irrigation department that's looking for a new leader as well as several techs. They need a mechanic and, of course, just crew members if you want to start off on the ground floor and work your way up. Guys, they're paying anywhere from $17 to $18 an hour as entry-level pay. With full benefits, insurance, the whole nine yards, uh, this is the place to go check out if you're interested. Call Gabby, who is their talent acquisition manager. Her number is 662-755-3207, and she can answer any questions you got, as well as how the application process starts. Call them today. All right, to start off our local news, if y'all didn't notice last Friday, officials closed Craft Road in both directions out there close to uh, Lewisburg School. It's expected... It's expected to reopen shortly before school is to resume, either in late July or early August. The road closure is needed to replace a box culvert under the roadway. Yeah, T, uh, I've driven by this about six times. A good friend of mine just moved into a house right by Lewisburg High School, and it is major. There's at least six excavators over there. They've already tore it completely up. It's unreal. Um, I, it's, it's just hard to fathom it's going to take that long with all that equipment and people working, but... They're, uh, I'm going to give a little secret away. They're probably going to take it away. You can technically drive through the little school system there and get through. Um, you know, I might be uh, telling on some folks there because <clears throat> I might have used it myself. <clears throat> anyway, but anyway, wah, wah. yeah. Um, but man, yeah, uh, that's tough. That's real, real tough. That's right in front of the Lewisburg, I think, elementary school, right before you get to the high school. So as soon as you get over that bridge, gotcha. the overpass, guys, watch out. It is definitely closed off. All right, we also want to say congratulations to six local high school students in the OB area that received a $1,000 scholarship for their college of choice from our very own Olive Branch Rotary Club. Zach, who are they? That'll be Gavin Taylor from Olive Branch High School. He's going to be traveling to Alabama Huntsville. We also have, I'm going to say Kushi Patel, I believe is how you pronounce her first name. I might be wrong on that. And that is, she's a Lewisburg High School student, and she is going to Ole Miss next year. We have Amy Adam, who is also a Lewisburg High School student, and she'll be traveling to Northwest next year. Also, Zach Denny, 
another Lewisburg High School student who will be going to Northwest. And we have Monquette Oliver. That's actually Monquette Oliver II, as I read his name at graduation, and I was corrected on that before we got on there, you know, <laughs> of Center Hill High School. And he's traveling to Middle Tennessee State University. And finally, from Center Hill High School, Caitlin Scott, as she will be traveling to Northwest Mississippi Community College as well. Congratulations to all six of those, and thank you to the Olive Branch Rotary Club for a wonderful, wonderful contribution to our, t- our high school seniors. Guys, do you own a house or a property that's in rough shape? Man, does it need some help and you just don't want to fool with it? Or is it out of date? Or did you get it through a divorce, loss of a loved one? Whatever the reason is and you want to get rid of it fast for a good cash offer that's going to close quick and work with a local company that's not going to cheat you, try to lowball you, or make you feel kind of dirty or gingy because you did it? Guys, go check out Rodman Properties. They have an amazing website called iBuyDeSoto.com that shows all the properties they have bought in the past, ones that have been in the process of buying, as well as several rental properties they've created here locally in our community. Now, you say rental property and you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. Well, guess what? They make rental properties that are actually top-notch and improve the community standard, as well as they vet all renters to make sure that no one is in a bad situation by living next to them as a renter. Go check them out again, guys. That is iBuyDeSoto.com if you are interested in a good cash offer for your place. T, what's next up on our news, man? Well, I'm looking here about the uh, third grader reading proficiency uh, that just came out from the uh, MDE on the third grader tests. Uh, what it's uh, designed to do is to improve reading skills of kindergarten through third grade students in public schools. So every student completing the third grade is able to read at or above grade level. Third graders who do not pass the initial administration of the reading test are given up to two more attempts to retest. The last time Mississippi third graders took the assessment in a normal school year was in April of 2019, when 74.5% of the nearly 35,000 students passed the initial test. In our area, this is how our schools fared in our district of 12 schools that have third grade. Chickasaw Elementary was at 75.4%. Center Hill Elementary was at 86.2%. Lewisburg Elementary was at 91.5%. And Overpark Elementary was at 80.4%. That's awesome, man. You know, the I know the overall district uh, improved as well. I think the district as a whole was at 78%, so that is an improvement from the last time. Now, guys, to give you a comparison of these four schools in the Olive Branch area, uh, Lewisburg Elementary was first in our district with their percentage. Center Hill was third. Um, and Chickasaw and Overpark did great. Uh, I think Overpark was sixth and Chickasaw was eighth. Um, th- that is really, really good, especially in comparison to the rest of the state. Uh, you should really be uh, standing up and applauding these teachers and these schools. They're doing a fantastic job for our students. Uh, and so this is really, really great news. Well, congratulations to those schools. We still have a ways to oh, go. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. A long way to but go. As long as we're right, improving, man, know, that's what matters. You know, that's the deal. I got you. I got you. But statewide, we're still looking at – we're almost at the level we were in 2019. So basically one in four kids, third graders, are not reading at or above grade level. And that is sad. Reading. That is very sad. And it is sad. And so you line up four, four third graders – and you pick any one of them, and chances are that particular one that you pick is not reading at their grade level. So, yes, I, I, I'm glad we're, 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 we're closing the gap uh, from, from pre-COVID to what we're in now. 
but we still got a long ways to go. We do. We got to do better. Guys, I can tell you this from personal experience, and T can tell you this. Reading is going to make the biggest difference for a student's success going through uh, young elementary, middle, and high. I can tell you the reading ability is the number one, the number one thing your student needs to know how to do and do well to excel academically in any school setting of their future. And reading is not just saying the words that's on the paper. It's understanding what what the string of words uh, that you're reading come together for the meeting. You've got to be able to comprehend. I can't tell you how many kids, and you know this with high school kids, you know, uh, they'll go and take their state test and won't perform as well on it. They can read the words that are on there, but they can't comprehend what they're reading. They don't understand the meaning of of what the sentences are are trying to tell them. That's what we mean by being able to read at their grade level or above it. How well can they understand the the context of what's being uh, written for them to read and how well can they explain it and, and be able to tell people what they read and what it meant. That's what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Comprehension, understanding are key, key components. Please take the time to read with your children. Encourage them to take books. That means taking the device away, putting down those things, and letting them read a book. Let them understand that touching pages of a book can mean the difference of how well they achieve academically moving forward. Uh, Encourage, encourage, encourage. Can't preach it enough. One last thing we want to announce to everybody, the uh, City of Olive Branch will be hosting a movie night at Olive Branch City Park on Friday, June 3rd. It'll start at 8.30 p.m. The movie is Black Widow. Old Town Taco Company will be on site at 7.30, offering some of the finest food truck cuisine around, including their Frutana's ice cream, popsicles, and fruit drinks. Sounds like a great night. It is, man. The last time we had a movie night, uh, I think we reported back in the spring, I was like that. They uh, they had like a movie series with like four movies in a row. It was fantastic. Huge turnout. Great weather. Um, you know, it's starting to get a little warm, but I'm hoping that this late time on a June 3rd, we can get lucky. But guys, it'd be great to see everybody out. This is a great opportunity. And kudos to Olive Branch for hosting another community event that is really just putting the community together. It's great, great stuff. The next stop is the east side motel. We used to chase that tad and look afraid. Couple of kids in a Chevrolet. There's a little air when we cross the tracks. Slipping on some from a paper sack. You hang your shirt on a maple lamp. Slipping through the moon to the river bank. Wasn't very long, I was jumping in. Still doing now what I was doing then, chasing you like a shot of whiskey, burning, going down, burning. All right, guys, this is usually when we do some dad jokes, but this week we're going to cut it down since we have a lot of great content for a, a super episode, I guess you say. We're going to move right over to Riddle Me This, and this is going to be brought to you by our insurance man, Ali Edgelally of Alpha Insurance, the ace agency of Olive Branch. Guys, like I've said many, many times, he saved me a large amount or stack of cash this year when it came to my insurance. That's right, baby. Uh, when it comes to my insurance, so I did my home and auto combination with him. And not only that, they offer so much more for a pretty wide array. Uh, Ali was pretty amazing. Got to sit down and talk to him, you know, man to man, human to human, not through a phone, not through, you know, uh, through an assistant or anything else. Nothing against assistants or anything like that. But the fact of the matter is, if you have questions, you want to talk to your agent. 
And he is one of those kind of people who believes in making connections with his client. And he feels confident that he can beat your price that you're paying right now in insurance and give you better coverage. That's all you need to hear. Go call his office today. That is 662-893-0928. Or you can call his cell phone personally, which is 1-843-324-0930. All right, see, I got a good riddle for you today. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Let me have All it. right. I'm trying to keep it in the Memorial Day theme and stuff like that. So it's close on this one, but we'll get to the next one you'll like. History speaks through me. When caught in time, a thought or emotion, if I find I never lie. Though I can be seen many ways through different eyes, I reflect passing days. What am I? My first thought was maybe some scripture, but I'm thinking maybe my final answer, a time capsule. A time capsule. Not bad. Not bad. Uh, uh, wrong. Uh, the answer is a photograph. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. Well, you would find that in a time capsule. You could, yes, very much. Very very likely. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm reaching right yeah. now. Oh, my shoulder. All right, guys. Well, of course, we hope you enjoyed our Riddle Me This. And as always, I know we've been talking a lot so far this episode. We hope you enjoyed the content. If you have, please make sure you've already hit the subscribe button. And if you have not, do it so now. You know, <laughs> we want it now. Of course, tell your friends, your family, and your coworkers who you're listening to and get them to encourage them to do the same thing. All right, let's get over to our motivational message and another great one this week, T. Of course, it's brought to you by our amazing friends at the DC Dragons of Karate Cheer Dojo. Guys, if you have a family or yourself interested in learning more karate or improving the cheer skills, go check them out. They're right here, conveniently located in Olive Branch, right off of 178. They offer numerous different things for you. Easy billing, uh, easy low payments, you name it. They're going to take care of you. Everything inexpensive, and it's a great family atmosphere. Go check them out. That is DC Dragons on their Facebook page. T, I've got a great motivational message for you. I love this guy. I found him um, through YouTube, and he even has a TikTok account, and he does these great short messages, and this one just kind of spoke to me today. It's about making decisions or not making decisions. I think it just it sends the message home. It just punches you right there in the throat and says, here, take it, and you, you think about it next time you get ready to make an indecisive decision or not decision at all, and I think it's going to help you out. So let's go to that audio now. Hey, did you know people often avoid making decisions out of fear of making a mistake when actually the failure to make a decision is one of life's biggest mistakes? Don't forget that. God makes a lot of sense. You know, every decision or non-decision we make, there's a consequence to it. It could be positive or negative. So, you know, just because something doesn't work out your way, go back and look at what you did ahead of time to see whether or not you either did something to not make it happen or you did something to make the outcome not be what you want. But don't ever be afraid uh, to take a chance, to take a risk, especially if you think it's going to make a positive difference. To me, there's nothing worse than regret. 
You know, I hate to have a regret. Right. And if you, by not making the decision and then you go back and regret it, you think about that. That's long lasting. Regret can last forever. And so you don't want to do that. So, hey, I, I'm a firm believer in this. That's why I said this one spoke to me, T. This was straight up. Like, you know, sometimes you just got to step forward and make a decision, and you're not going to make the right one every time. I mean, like we talked about earlier with that school shooting. Someone made a decision, and guess what? It was the wrong one. But you know what? No one wanted to make that decision. You know right. what I mean? But somebody had to do it, and they did, and they chose wrong. Guess what? If they didn't make a decision and they sat on their hands or did something like that, they might regret that as well. You've got to make decisions. Sometimes they work out. Sometimes they don't. But you've got to be, you know, go ahead and take that step forward and make that your practice. And so, like I said, I think it's a great message. I hope everybody agrees and gets something out of that as well. All right, it's time for our Random Facts, a Memorial Day special brought to you by Old Town Fitness, located at 9045 Highway 78 in Olive Branch. That's right, guys. This is the premier fitness location in Olive Branch that's going to give you a unique experience different than the average old gym. If you want to go to a place that's going to have a friendly atmosphere where you can learn with trainers, do class settings, and not use traditional workout equipment, it's really going to push your body using your own body weight, core, core, uh, just group mentality, and just change your entire overall thought process when it comes to exercise. This is the place to go check out. It is truly amazing. Uh, our, our square this is a place you want to try if you are one of those people who is timid about going into a gym, not sure how to use equipment. And stuff, go here, meet the amazing, friendly people who work there, and they will get you involved. You'll be a part of a group to feel like you're welcome, uh, and it's just going to change it and revolutionize your life. Uh, T, what are their times? Monday through Friday from 5 a.m. to 12 noon, and then they close for the afternoon and open back up at 5 p.m. and close at 7 p.m., and then on Saturday, they're open from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. And on Sunday, they're just like Chick-fil-A. They are closed. Mm, talking about that Jesus chicken. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm yeah, talking man. about. All right, man. Hit us with these facts, brother. All right. Did you know that in 1866, the Georgia-based Ladies Memorial Association, which was one of many similar organizations to arise in the aftermath of the Civil War, pushed for a day to honor fallen Confederate soldiers. In fact, these efforts are believed to have influenced General John A. Logan. In 1868, General Logan, a Civil War veteran who was then serving as commander-in-chief of a group of Union veterans, ordered the decoration of Union graves with flowers on May 30th. The day would be called Decoration Day that became what we know as today Memorial Day. How about that, man? How about that? This is all these facts here are dealing with Memorial Day, and I think people are going to learn a lot when it comes to this. What's our next one, brother? All right. Did you know it took a long time for Memorial Day to become a federal holiday? Despite tracing its origins to the immediate aftermath of the Civil War, Memorial Day did not become an official federal holiday until 1971, which is more than a century after the war ended. This is the same year the holiday was officially designated as taking place on the last Monday in May. How about that? How about that? All right, here's another one. Did you know that the mighty state of Mississippi was the first southern state to commemorate the federal holiday of Memorial Day? You know, some people would argue that Memorial Day actually started in Columbus, Mississippi. I've actually heard this before. 
at Friendship Cemetery. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's been I've been hearing that since I was a kid. I grew up in that in that part of Mississippi, right outside of the Columbus area. And uh, man, they 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 claiming it down there, brother. <laughs> it's theirs. <laughs> it's theirs. It's theirs. Did you know that in 1915, a Georgia teacher and volunteer war worker named Mania Michael began a campaign to make the poppy a symbol of tribute to veterans and for keeping the faith with all who died. The sale of poppies has supported the work of the veterans of foreign wars ever since and is widely worn throughout the country by those visiting Memorial Day remembrances. That's awesome. That's nice. Did you know... Each year on Memorial Day, a national moment of remembrance takes place at 3 p.m. local time, and it is customary on Memorial Day to fly the flag at half-staff until noon and then raise it to the top of the staff until sunset. You know, that I did not know. Yeah, I did not know that either. I did not know that. And, and earlier today, uh, I was uh, driving in, into town. I had to pick something up, and I passed by one of our local high schools, and the flag was at half-staff. And I thought to myself, who died? Yeah. But I did, not, I did not put it together with Memorial Day. And then now that I think about it, when I came back from my second trip into town today and passed by the school, and it was about mid-afternoon, the flag was, was raised all the way up. And school's out today. Yeah, nobody's there. So, so kudos to the school personnel who's taking care of, of the flag on the property on Memorial Day. Yeah, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. That is great. Did you know some states still celebrate Confederate Memorial Day? Several southern states continue to set aside a day for honoring the Confederate dead, which is usually called Confederate Memorial Day. It's on the fourth Monday in April in Alabama and the last Monday in April in Mississippi. States like Texas and Tennessee observe Confederate Heroes Day on January 19th and Confederate Decoration Day on June 3rd, but they don't outright declare those days as state holidays. I never knew that either. <laughs> That's something new to me. Did you know, if you visit a cemetery and check out the graves of veterans who've passed, you may see coins sitting on the tombstones. Each coin has a different meaning. A penny is left by visitors. A nickel means you trained at boot camp with the veteran. A dime means you served with the veteran in some capacity. And the quarter holds the ultimate meeting if you were there when the veteran died. I've actually seen coins on tombstones, and I had no idea what that meant. Uh, wow. And I, it just completely changed my com perspective on it 100%. Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that either. So I think it's real important that when you hear facts like this, it's really great that we listen to them and remember why we had the day off and thank a veteran for his or her service as well as thanking those that gave their lives for us to be able to enjoy the freedoms that we have today. Oh, there's no doubt. Really, really appreciate everybody. And again, if you get an opportunity, think about those ones you've lost that have served uh, made, or the ones who made the ultimate sacrifice for us to have our freedoms today. Um, it's just uh, don't lose sight of what the day is for. That's the biggest That's deal. Right. And all the girlies say I'm pretty fly for a white girl.
All right, Tay, let's get over to a movie review now. I invited you and your beautiful wife to come join my wife and I. You did. As well as I tried to get some other people, and we uh, we almost didn't go. What do you call it? We actually went out, did some shopping, and then at the last second, we decided, you know what? Let's just go catch the late movie. I want to see it. I want to talk about it on the pod. And so late last night, my wife and I went and caught the Top Gun Maverick movie. And let me just say, it did not disappoint, my friend. It was impressive. I have heard nothing but rave reviews. And, and you know, especially uh, looking on social media, whether it's, you know, Twitter, or Instagram, or Facebook or whatnot, from the ladies. Now, they weren't talking about how good looking Tom Cruise is or was. I mean, you know, he's older now. He's not the same as he was when the first movie came out. But everyone just talks about how just fantastic that movie is. And, dude, I hate we couldn't go with you the other night, but I can't wait to see this one. Look, I'm going to tell you this. When we walked outside, I said, Alicia, how do you think about the movie, man? And she goes, that is one of the best movies I've seen in a long, long time. That was freaking awesome. Those are her exact words. That's a quote. You stamp it. Wow. And so for my wife to say that, when it's, you know, you would think it's a guy's movie, it is not. It is absolutely one of the most well rounded movies when it comes to action, comedy, love, you know, you name it. It hits every nail on the head. And let me go ahead and tell you something. I, and here, this might be a little spoiler esque, but I don't care. I'm not going to give away this that our soul on. Don't tell me. Val Kilmer. <laughs> reprises his role and it's absolutely phenomenal how they did his character and to me it was that tip of the spear that made that movie just go right over the edge man it was just absolutely phenomenal uh kudos to tom cruise you know the thousands and thousands of hours of footage they used for real planes and things they did you can tell the effort was made to make this the best and dare i say it is better than the original um it is it's just quite impressive now the the who is the director of that? I can't remember his name. Do you remember? Tony Scott, and they did a memorial to him because, yeah. you know, he passed. You know, he committed suicide. Um, and so they did a memorial to him at the end of the movie. And this one is a new director. I got you. Okay, so Jerry Bruckheimer, he's a the producer then. Is that right? He, he produced okay. the, he, him and two others helped produce this Okay, one. I, I saw an interview with him uh, last week, and he said uh, from an aviation standpoint, you'll never see – a movie like this ever again because of the exhaustive amount of time and footage getting all the shots that they wanted to get they didn't care how long it took they didn't care what it cost they had it in mind what they wanted to be seen up on screen and they got it done um there's multiple scenes where you're going to see the actor as what that actually face true g's while in a plane and you'll see their face like yeah like melt like it's just kind of creepy looking but they're giving you the real deal there is a scene in the movie where it's not uh, a plane is taking off and he's taking off so low that they had to have a vehicle pull up an actor step out there and you know then there was a guard shed right the plane and this is actual the actual blowback from the plane. He's like hits the car, rocking it, dust up, almost knocks the actor off the feet, and destroys part of the guard shack. They only had one attempt, and only had one camera because it destroys the I believe it destroys the camera when it's all said and done to be able to get this shot. And let me tell you, 
it's worth every second wow. of, to see the whoosh and you see the car rock and the shed go up and people, you know, it is freaking epic. And, you know, so it's just, you know, they went all out. And yeah. so kudos to that. And yes, girls, there's plenty of eye candy and it ain't, it ain't Tom Cruise neither. You know, trust me, if you watch the original and you know, the, the beach volleyball scene, okay. Everybody's got to have their shirts off. Everybody's sweating the tans. Trust me, they have something very similar, and there's plenty of eye candy for you there as well. So, you know, like I said, it's a movie for everybody. It's uh, It was just absolutely fantastic. Highly, highly encourage anyone to go see it. I'm going to go ahead and stamp it right now. One of the best movies I've seen in the last five, ten years. Can't wait to see it. It is always nice to see you. Just a man behind the counter to the woman who is coming. All right, guys, let's wrap up the show with a very short sports section, but I cannot go without without honoring these two gentlemen right here from our local area. We want to say a special congrats to Jacob Hill of Lewisburg High School. Uh, he has been named the first team All-State for the baseball team in 6A. He is an infielder for them. And also a special congrats for Cade Greer of Lewisburg as well for being the second team All-State. And he is an outfielder, and that is on the 6A team. Congratulations to both of those guys from Lewisburg High School. Those are great, great great uh, accomplishments and uh, it should make great for when they are seniors and on to their college uh, baseball career. Don't forget it's when you become millionaires. Yeah. You were <laughs> mentioned that. here first. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well guys, as always, we hope you enjoyed our show. Hope we didn't hit the uh, heartstrings too hard or make anybody angry, but the, tr- the point of this is truly to educate and inform uh, and let our locals know what's going on and let us, you know, have some compare and contrast and put the voice out there for you. And uh, so, as always, guys, if you enjoy our show, please make sure you check out our brother podcast. That is uh, Under the Water Tower. They handle the Hernando area, do a great job covering their local community. It's definitely one to check out. But other than that, guys, I think we're going to call it for this week. I'm Zach. This is T. And we'll see y'all next week. There's two things that you're going to find out. She fights like a man and she cusses real loud. If I was smarter, I'd have saved myself.